This week's episode of the Dizzy Parker Show is brought to you by Isotonics B-Complex, because without that boost, every day would feel like a storm. Get that and all of your other Isotonics supplies online. <laughs> I can't tell you where, because we're on the radio, but you, you may check out also uh, shop.com slash Dizzy Parker. It's a really cool place to check things out. But this week, welcome to the Dizzy Parker Show. This week's theme is through the storms. It might go, it might go up, it might go down, and we're going to have uh, some happy times and some sad times. But at the end of the day, it's all about the sunshine, folks, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about going through storms, and we just came through a good few weeks of storms here in the Hudson Valley in New York. And I'm just so grateful to see the sunshine, and that's all you're going to get about weather from me, because people that talk about the weather probably don't have anything else to talk about. I have many things to talk about, especially this week. It's been kind of a... Uh, it, I'm going through the mud with a lot of people that I'm close to right now. As a personal trainer, you see a lot of folks, they struggle with dietary things and motivation things. And you'll see, you'll see weight loss and weight gain. And we uh, recently finished our Gold Gym 12-week challenge and had the awards for that and all. And after that, you start to see this, this dip in gym attendance and, and motivation from the people. Like they'll be going on vacations or it's just that mid-year drag and all that. And all of my clients, in one way or another, have been dealing with something. That's why you pay a person to teach you to work out or to guide you through to get to your weight loss or muscle gain or whichever goals. I'm happy to be that person for anybody that comes to me, even if you don't pay me. So by all means, reach out on the internet. But I've been dealing with people close to me. Uh, they've been going through issues, not just fitness issues, but it just reflects. There's, there are people with depression and self-doubt and self-esteem issues and life hardships and job troubles. And, you know, I'm, I'm no guru, but I think that my job and my situations in life have uniquely prepared me to, one, relate to a lot of people, and two, provide a perspective that they may not have considered. Because I've lived about 30 lives by now. I'm 27 years old, getting close to 28, and I've already lived the life of, I've, I've done the, the kid life. And I've done the young adult try to go through college life. And I've done the, the, the married life. I've done the hardworking man with no time life. And now I'm in yet another phase where I'm able to reflect on all of those things. And I'm not even 30 yet. I actually consider that a blessing. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. As I mentioned, part of that was was marriage. And I was actually scrolling my Instagram feed earlier because I'm addicted to social media just like everybody else. Sorry, folks. Uh, when, I, when I preach about something, I'm perfectly happy to admit that I'm guilty too. That's why I'm, I speak so passionately on subjects. 
So I was scrolling down my Instagram feed and I, the first picture on it was my ex-wife. And I was like, oh, oh, there she is. Because you know, we, we, we went through a rough patch afterwards, to say the least. And a few years went by and we finally patched things up. So I, I feel like I could support her photography endeavors and uh, provide, provide a thumbs up here and there. But I saw her face, and it made me made me reflect once again about from where I was when I was married to the point that I am now in life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share that story with you. I might have talked a little bit about it in the past, but we're gonna go a little in detail and provide perspective because that's been kind of like my life theme this week: perspective. So. Around age 20, I got really, really lonely, as uh, many 20-year-olds do if they're single. I felt like I was chasing I was chasing the dream of having a life companion. And I got turned down a lot. I got friend-zoned a lot. And, and then finally, a friend introduced me to this girl. Her name will remain uh, private for safety reasons but a friend introduced me to this girl we went out on a date or two and we started to enjoy each other's presence and she dealt with home struggles I dealt with home struggles and we both dealt with with self-esteem issues like who will ever want me so when we found each other it was like a miracle and we treated it as such and we did so very fast. So on our one-year dating anniversary, we got married. A lot of people said that, that was way too fast. You didn't know each other. Blah, 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 blah. Sure, you were right, but whose business is that? So we got married on our one-year anniversary. And she knew that I had these goals and dreams of moving far, far away. And the idea has always been New York. I, I didn't know the Hudson Valley existed at the time, or we probably would have made this move a long time ago. She was all about the country, and I wanted to be in the city. And so that kind of just stuck us in place where we were. We, were start, we started building a life, and we were married for a year and a half. That year and a half had tons of struggles and I mean tons, and that's why it only lasted a year and a half. Because we found out when we moved in together, oh, <laughs> that's who you are. Oh, that's not good. We we didn't have we didn't have the time or experience to know each other, so that's how we ended up there. And long story short, on that one, we parted ways. It was ugly, and I realized. It's time to start pursuing my mission in life because that really was basically a pause. So the next couple of years, I, I, I worked and I took one, one solid year to just enjoy life for a second. I thought I might be building something, but I just wanted to relax for a minute because I knew that everything that came after that was going to be crazy. So I did that. And rented a house with my cousin, and I made a lot of music, made a lot of friends, and enjoyed my life for a little while. Then, then I got caught up in another relationship. I didn't mean to get caught up in another relationship, so I was set back for 
yet another year and change before I moved to New York. But once again, that was always the mission, and she knew that too. And that's eventually why we parted ways, because she she wasn't ready to do that. After that, I said, no more playing around. It's time to pursue your life's goal. By this time, it was late late 2014, early 2015. I just passed my two-year anniversary here in New York. So, yeah, that's about it. When when she left, I left. It was it was hey, uh, let's make some connections. Get out. Go go go. And I always considered myself five years late. And maybe that is five years late considering the time that I put on it. I wanted to be here when I was 19. I was talking about it then. Well, not here. I didn't know about it. But in New York. I wanted I wanted to do that when I was 19. I wanted to carry my band up here and just, just work in the city. And that's what we were going to do. But those few years really... They taught me lots and lots of life lessons. I had no idea that I could learn so much in sh- in such a short amount of time. And when you when you have the faith that I do that somebody greater than yourself is in charge, it really it really sets your mind at ease and also helps you keep that perspective. Why didn't I just make perspective the theme this week? It seems to be more more pertinent. But that's where we are. Through the storms. And there were lots of storms during those five years. When I got here, I addressed a lot of it last last week on the show. I met the right people, the people that I needed to know, people that I now consider family. If I did not get this job at the exact, this job at Gold Gym, by the way, if I did not get it at the exact time that I did, I would not have met the people that I that I would find to be so important, and I wouldn't have learned the things about life that would have made me a successful trainer, and I wouldn't have met the people that would have put me on this very show talking to you. So literally, everything happens for a reason. Now, that's a cliche, but when you believe somebody is in charge of that very reason, it just brings this new peace to your life. And so I went through a lot of struggles, but today I can I can stand in front of everybody. It's kind of like a sunshine, if you will. They say my smile lights up a room. I was like, thanks. I worked hard to do that. And my mom paid a lot of money for the braces. But long story short. It's a it's a good it's good to keep perspective especially when you're going through those storms. And speaking of going through storms and struggles, we're going to talk about one of my heroes in the next segment. So, my heroes, I have very few because this world is full of people that I feel that are no better than others and no worse than others. We're all just people. But one of my heroes, somebody that I actually do look up to and respect a lot, is Gene Simmons of KISS. And he's been in the news recently. He is He's tried to trademark 
a certain hand gesture. And there's been a lot of confusion because the heavy metal community thinks uh, at first glance that he's trying to trademark the standard heavy metal devil horns. You ball your fist and you stick out your index finger and your pinky finger. That's not the case. Uh, he has actually tried to trademark the international symbol for I love you, oddly enough, because he's been doing that for years and years and years and years and years. There was a debate between him and Ronnie James Dio, but it's very obvious from all pictures they use different hand signals. Gene Simmons puts down the middle finger and ring finger, thus making it a completely different hand gesture. And look it up on the Google if, you, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. But this made me think a lot about who Gene Simmons is as a person and as a businessman and entrepreneur. You don't develop his mindset without going through things that program you to be that way. Uh, side note, a couple of other things that Gene Simmons owns copyright to is the money bag symbol that's used in Monopoly. It's a bag full of cash with a rope around it and a dollar sign. He owns that. So anytime it's used in media, he gets paid. He also owns the trademark for the phrase OJ in reference to orange juice. That is, it's silly, but it's so genius. He gets paid every time those tiny things are, are referenced in media. It, the mindset that gets you to do that is, is a different kind of mindset. It's not your average, everyday, hour-to-hour working man's mindset. He went through many struggles. He, before I play the clip that I'm about to, I'll just tell you that he was born in Israel, and his mother survived Nazi concentration camps. And I have an interview that you can find on YouTube right now that he does with Dan Rather, where he talks about when he first came to America. Thinking back, and in some ways it's an unfair question, I acknowledge that. What's the worst thing that happened to you in your life? Personally, I've never had a bad thing happen to me. I haven't had a bad day in my life, not since I came to the promised land. And let me tell you something, everybody points to Israel, and yes, I'm proud I'm being there, but the promised land is America. In America? Protestants and Catholics live next door to each other. In Ireland, not so good. In the Middle East, Israelis and Arabs don't get along with each other. Over here, everything's fine. The gift that America has given the world is a sort of a, I, I can't put it into words. There's a magic here that exists nowhere else in the world. I'm embarrassingly patriotic about this country. I would, see, it's starting to happen. Before we came to America, my mother and I stood in front of the American consulate. She, my mother was very beautiful, so he put her at the, end, at the beginning of the line. I saw, I saw him, you know. And so we went to the front of the line, and I was a little boy. I didn't know what was going on. And he's trying to tell her that she's been accepted to come to America. But my mother couldn't speak English, so he says, uh, uh, do you speak, you know, she didn't, couldn't speak English and they're trying to connect. So they settled on 
kannst du sprechen Deutsch? Ja, ich kann sprechen Deutsch. Ich habe gelernt auf der Schule. I speak some German. You had to, especially in the camps. So in broken German, he says to her, welcome, you have been accepted to the United States of America. I didn't know what America was. I'd never heard of it or anything. And he says, okay, before you come in, you have to raise your hand and uh, swear allegiance to America. And uh, my mother didn't know what to do. So she went like this. And, uh, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> so uh, I saw that night, I didn't know what was going on. And my mother was rigid like that. She just wanted to come to America. I saw him coming. He got off his riser and he came up to her and he put her hand down and he said, you're never going to have to do that ever again. And I didn't understand what that was. But the, the, the magic and the blessing that is America is that... So the gesture that is referenced at the end of that clip is, if, you, if you're not on Facebook right now, Facebook Live, and you're just listening, the gesture is the Nazi Heil symbol and or hand gesture instead of the the standard american you just put your hand up palm palm, palm forward and the the point of that was that his mother survived concentration camps you remember history class and you've seen the pictures of the the holocaust victims they were starved they looked like walking skeletons draped in skin and she came out of this with her son, and Jean had two brothers. I can't remember if they actually came came with the family or not, and a dad, and the dad stayed in Israel. He couldn't make it here. But Jean and his mother lived in an apartment in New York City, and she did whatever job she could to pay for as little food as they could afford in that tiny little apartment. And from there, he learned work. He saw what his mother went through and did the jobs that were necessary. He, he worked a lot of odd jobs, and he discovered music. He discovered the Beatles and fell in love with music and, and the crowd and said, this is the thing that I need. Is, that's my best Gene Simmons impression to everybody. This is the thing that I need. But when he... When he discovered music, he applied that work ethic and that mindset to do everything that you have the power to do and grasp the opportunities that are in front of you. At first, Kiss wasn't the band that, that we know today with the black and white face paint, but they, they tried the 70s glam rock look because that was the popular thing. That already shows their business mindset. And eventually, they they tried to do something a little bit different with the um, what we now, uh, if you're a death metal fan, call corpse paint, but it's just black and white paint. Um, <clears throat> and then through the 70s, Kiss was one of the first bands to create merchandise for their music, not just selling the albums, but T-shirts and dolls, and and th there was that bad bad movie and and. 
and action figures and then memorabilia and now we have kiss coffins and kiss a kiss coffee shop in myrtle beach south carolina i've been there by the way it's not bad <laughs> but today this is this is one man and he owns he and paul stanley basically own 50 50 in kiss i don't know how the percentages are broken down but gene himself is uh net worth 300 million dollars today kiss the band that he helped create and still performs with to this day is estimated anywhere and this is a major estimation anywhere from one to five billion dollars from his and Paul Stanley's visions alone. That's something to be said from a poor boy from Israel who came from a forcibly broken family and a mother who just couldn't, she, she couldn't survive on anything but opportunity. And he learned about that. He went through some storms, everybody, and he made the absolute best of it. And I, I would commend you to do the same thing. So it looks like we're going to miss the song break, but I'm going to transition to what I would have said right after the song break. I'm going to tell you a story of another guy who has had some struggles. This guy's name, uh, I well, first... I discovered him uh, while I was searching the social media for things to talk about today. And uh, I saw this video about Atheist Church. And as soon as you throw something like that in front of me, I go, huh? And I question everything. That's what I do. But I noticed right off the bat, I didn't, I didn't really care about the Atheist Church part, but I was curious. But the guy hosting this show obviously had cerebral palsy. And his name is Zach Anner. And just from Wikipedia, it says he is from Austin, Texas. And uh, let's see here. He gained worldwide attention with the submission of a video to Oprah Winfrey's Search for the Next TV Star competition. He won his own TV show on OWN through Oprah's Your Own Show, Oprah's Search for the Next TV Star. His wheelchair travel show, Rolling with Zach, premiered December 12, 2011. Recently, Zach guest starred on an episode of the TV sitcom Speechless, which is centered around a boy with cerebral palsy. And we're going to check out what he's doing today. Uh, he has a YouTube channel where he posts videos on a weekly basis. Uh, and that was this video that I saw uh, this week. Uh, the channel has over 300,000 subscribers and over 15 million total views. So basically you can say he has made a career out of being the person that he was born to be. Uh, he, is, he has multiple series that he, that he includes on the channel, including... Project Riding Shotgun, which premiered on October 23rd, 2012, and Workout Wednesday, which premiered October 21st, 2013. Sorry, August 21st. And But the show that I saw was Have a Little Faith, and he's explored a, several religions, so it looks like he's searching for something, too. Um, Judaism, Islam, Baha'i faith, uh, Mormonism, Baptist, Catholicism, and the uh, that other faith, atheism, which I saw in this video, uh, he said that he came from a uh, a Lutheran background, but he doesn't really know where he fits right now. But he was dealt this hand to 
to struggle with. Cerebral palsy is no joke. It it affects different people differently. Some people are walking, he's in a wheelchair. Some people some people can't talk at all, he can talk pretty well. But the hand he was dealt made him stronger in many other ways. Think about uh, comic book character Daredevil. Um, he was made blind, and all of his other senses developed especially well. In the comic book, he becomes a superhero. Not everybody gets to be a superhero, but he developed, without the use of most of his body, he developed his mind into being somebody spectacular. And he has used that to make a career now. And he's pursuing his goals of entertainment. He's also, also an author and a host of a few other things, too. And he's also a spokesperson for a, a foundation for cerebral palsy. So I tell you all these stories to tell you this. Once upon a time, I went to a church. This isn't the famous church that I go to now. Shout out Pastor Rick. But I went to a church once, and the pastor was giving a sermon. It was one of those feel-good type sermons. Not always my favorite kind, but this one I took with me. <clears throat> he gave the analogy of, of, a, of a really heavy rainstorm. Thunderstorm, if you will. If you've ever been through a really, really, really heavy rain, and it's hard to see, you have to slow your car down and basically drive at a creeping pace. Now imagine you don't know where that storm is moving. You don't know if it's settled in place or if it's going ahead. But it is up to you, the driver, not to pull over to the side of the road, but to make your way through that storm. Imagine if the storm was settled exactly where it is and you settled right with it you'd never actually make it through the storm. So I admonish you to keep driving. Even if you have to go at that snail's pace with the windshield wipers and you squint through the rain, just make it through. Because you never know exactly how long that storm's going to last. You might come out on the other side way faster and way safer than the people that pulled over to the side of the road and let it hamper them. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I've been Dizzy Parker. I want to thank you for listening to the Dizzy Parker Show. Thank you, WPWL, for allowing me to commandeer some of your airwaves. Thank you to my super-duper producer, Zach. And you can check me out on all the social medias, at the Dizzy Parker, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat. And also check out DizzyParker.com for music, merch, and so much more. I'll see you next week. Have a, a wonderful day.